God is good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Giving honor to God who's the head of my life and my pastor in his absence and sister Harry and first lady. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Uh, just, just want to say a few words about the pastor. Uh, real short. Uh, this, these scriptures remind me of my pastor. Romans 10:15 in the King James says, "How shall they preach, except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings." Reminds me of pastor. You may be seated. Amen. Glory to God. Uh, Romans 10:15 and Amplified says. How will they preach, same verse, unless they are commissioned, glory to God, and sent for that purpose? I believe the pastor's sent. I believe the pastor's commissioned. He's been blessing me since I've been here. Been a real good pastor. In fact, I got to say, he's probably one of the best pastors I've ever had. And I've been in church a while. Amen. Just as it is written, just as it is written, forever remains, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. Matthew twenty-two fourteen in the King James says, for many are called, but few are chosen. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of folks invited to the party. <laughs> Only a few of them are chosen. Amen? <laughs> Pastor is chosen. And the reason why I know that is because of fruit. He bears good fruit. You know, you can tell if a tree ain't going to be no good because the fruit's bad. Pastor has good fruit. One of the few pastors that I've ever had a relationship where I can text him any time of day, and I usually text him scriptures and stuff like that or pray for me because I got something going on at work. He'll respond back with a cheerful, joyful, glad tidings text. You know what I'm saying? Some of them are too busy. Some of them, they don't talk to you. It's, you know, oh, you know, Sunday morning. But the pastor, different than that. He's different than that. Isaiah 52, 7. This is where that says, as it is written, uh, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. That scripture is in Isaiah 52, 7. Uh, in the ESV, it says, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, hallelujah, who brings good news of happiness. Sounds like the pastor. does. He preaches good news. He makes me feel, I don't know about you, he makes me feel better after I pre he preached. He feeds me. Glory to God. Good news of happiness, who publishes salvation. Got a baptismal tank right up here. We'll baptize you in a minute. <laughs> Get your soul right. Amen. Glory to God. Who says to Zion, your God reigns. How many times pastor told us God reigns? There's no other power than God. There's, there's, there's no power, but there's nobody better than God. He's good all the time. God's good. He's good all the time. Hallelujah. In the TPT, that same verse says, what a beautiful sight to behold the precious feet of the messenger coming over the mountain to announce good news. He comes to refresh. How many times does the pastor say, refreshing? You need a refreshing. 
I've heard it say multiple times. Comes to refresh us with wonderful news. Hope of glory. That's good news, isn't it? We're going to heaven. We ain't never going to die. He ain't going to die. You're passing through. In fact, this whole life is a puff of smoke. Isn't that good news? Go to heaven forever and forever and forever and forever. <laughs> oh, it comes to refresh with wonderful news. Announcing salvation to Zion and saying, your mighty God reigns. And the last scripture is so, if we hear that from the pastor, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith don't come by sight. Some of the Sadducees and Pharisees saw him raise uh, Nazareth from the dead three days. You know what they did? They didn't get saved. They went back and told the chief priest, look what he done done now. That Jesus. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Good word. Mm. Thank you, Jesus, for my pastor. And I appreciate his confidence in me to get up and say some things every now and again. So thank you, pastor. Thank you, sister, pastor. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Psalm 103 and 7. <clears throat> And this is in the NLT version, the not living translation. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. His acts, King James said. Praise the Lord. You could be seated. God is good. Thank you, Jesus. Exodus 33:13 Now therefore I pray thee this is Moses speaking if I have found grace in thy sight show me now thy way that I may know thee and that I might find grace in thy sight and consider that this nation is thy people Now as many bible translations as I looked I I couldn't find one that said replacing the word way there. Show me now thy way. Couldn't find one that said character, although when I looked this word up in the original and the very word itself, it's, it indicates, it speaks of his character in moral management. Okay, so uh, this parallels Solomon when Solomon had the dream and he had offered all those offerings and God said, what do you want? And Solomon said, I want to know you more because I have to help this people somehow and I don't feel confident on my own. And so, show me now thy way. Moses kind of said the same thing. Because the last part says, and consider that this nation is thy people. So he's saying, what Moses is saying is, I want the character of God. You can't convey a message 
that is hollow and empty, you have to have the character of God to truly convey the message. And he said, and its, and it, and it's in, implication is moral management. I want to be able to morally manage this people, and I can't do it unless I have your character. Praise the Lord. Jeremiah 15, 3.15 says, And I will give you pastors according to mine own heart, to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding, according to mine heart. Hallelujah. Again, he made known his character to the man of God and his acts to the children of Israel. Now, this is interesting because it deal, God deals with the man of God differently than he deals with the lay people of the church or Israel. In the case of Psalm 103 and, well, in the case of Exodus 33:13, <clears throat> I will say this. There's a lot to spiritual authority. That's what I'm talking about tonight, spiritual authority. And not that I know much about it. I'm just trying to convey a point and a small point. It is only just a teeny tad bit in the midst of much to be known about the subject. Um, it is not something that you can just say a few things about and stick it on the shelf and say, there it is, and nothing needs to be added to that. It is a big subject, and it pertains to different people in different ways. But tonight, spiritual authority, our pastor. All right? Spiritual authority comes with the office of being a pastor. Spiritual authority comes with obedience. Spiritual authority comes with submission to spiritual authority. Brother Rick, the the soldier, uh, the centurion. Spiritual authority comes in a greater amount in how we react to adversity or people coming against us. Spiritual authority comes with the adoption of the character of Christ. Uh, When there are words shot at you, Spiritual authority is added to you. Spiritual authority comes with fasting. It comes with a fantastic prayer life. Do you understand? These are all slices of the loaf. This isn't all of it, but it, it, but it, but it requires that to walk in spiritual authority. It's not just, it's just I do a little dab of this, and my ministry is that, so I don't do any of this. That's, that's not the kind of church we're in. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, I'm sure there are others that we can point to. So what is spiritual authority as concerning uh, authority for as concerning the pastor? What is it for? Okay. Paul the Apostle said this. 2 Corinthians 10.8 For though I should boast somewhat more of our authority which the Lord hath given us for edification and not for destruction. So a spiritual authority in the man of God is for edification. Now, now don't get too happy. That's not all just make me feel good. 
Well, do get happy, I guess, right? <laughs> do get happy. But it, it, you know, edification can be challenging me, right? And if I do what I'm challenged to do, then I'm edified, right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's the ability of a pastor in 2 Corinthians 10, 10, to proclaim the word of God with weight and power. That's spiritual authority. Now, here's, here's Paul accounting of his, of his adversaries. Those were really the adversary of God himself and the church. 2 Corinthians 10, 10, for these, his letters say they speaking of himself, are weighty and powerful, but in bodily presence, he's weak. And he sounds something we don't like. We don't like his voice, you know, real spiritual people. <laughs> but Paul the Apostle had, he was saying what they said, and he said it for them. He, they said, his stuff that he says has got weight behind it. It's extremely weighty. Praise the Lord. The NLT says, his words are demanding and forceful. That's spiritual authority coming from the man of God. Now, what do we do with it is up to us. Let's look at the life of Moses as he begins to be the leader of God's people. He has authority for creative miracles and all kinds of things. He has a ministry of things being broken open by spiritual authority and therefore creative miracles through the life of Moses. You can't find anybody in the scripture that's got any more, other than Jesus, that's got any more spiritual authority than Moses. I mean, this is the guy that fell down at the feet and prayed for people that were just hated him, it seemed like. That's one of those key elements of spiritual authority. Oh, you say you want to have spiritual authority. Praise the Lord. He had a ministry. I already said that. Moses would put forth his rod. Now this sounds like Hollywood and weird, but a, a man of God that came through years ago pointed this out, and I think it's worthy of, worthy of talking about. The Viathan's heads were crushed, split open, the ocean was opened, and quail flew out to feed the inhabitants of the wilderness. You think I'm crazy, right? Psalm 74, 13. Thou didst divide the sea by thy strength. Thou breakest the heads of the dragons in the water. Thou breakest the heads of Leviathan in pieces and gavest him to be meat to the children inhabiting the wilderness. That's some spiritual authority. When that kind of stuff happened, do you understand... If, if, if they went out lone strangers and, and went without Moses, that wouldn't have happened, Brother Blail. No. They wouldn't have been having no 
whale brain quail <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Praise God. He, 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 he sent bread out of heaven by spiritual authority. Exodus 16, 12. Uh, Moses hit the rock and they split open. Exodus 17, 6. He smote the rock. He commanded the Red Sea to be split open. Exodus 14, 21. The earth and it split open and he created a new thing by spiritual authority. It opened up. In, in number 16, 31, the atmosphere was opened for 10 plagues by the authority of Moses, Exodus chapter 7 through 12. By the authority of, of Moses, he his opened and raised arms. Armies were crushed, Exodus 17, 10 through 13. Now, who would think of this stuff? Nobody thought, nobody pre-thought any of this stuff. Well, I wonder, I think Moses is going to tap that rock today and it's just going to open and it's going to feed a trillion animals and people. I don't think so. Nobody thought of that. Um, let's see, where was I? Um, Moses' very name means to come out of water. Water's got to break open because I'm coming out. In Exodus 3, God would use Moses to bring the children of up out of Egypt. The odds are stacked so high against them. Come on. Who would have thunk it? The Lord commanded Moses to put his hand in his bosom and it came, would come out leprous. And he put it back in, it comes out clean again. Moses' entire ministry is marked by, being, uh, by having things being broken open by spiritual authority. Now look at, again, Psalm 107, or 103 and 7. He made known his character to Moses and his acts. Only because that his character was upon, or his spiritual authority was on Moses, were they able to see the acts of God. Again, Moses wasn't there. None of this would have happened. He was the authority, right? It's very uh, important because it tells us that if we submit to God's man, we too can be privy to things being broken open by spiritual authority. Let me explain. I, I mean that there are things afforded to us that will blow our minds if we submit to spiritual authority. And do you think there was anybody in Israel that saw this coming? Moses smiting a rock, water comes out of the rock and refreshes millions of people and animals. They didn't see it. And once, in one place, God commands Moses to smite the dust. It breaks forth throughout the land, lice. He throws chimney dust from a furnace in the air, and it becomes boils on people. Another place, God instructs Moses to take ashes. Oh, I already wrote, read that one. What am I saying today? 
What I'm saying is that your situation that you see no way out of, God can turn into something that will blow our minds. But it is because we submit ourselves to spiritual authority. No submit, no blowing your mind. That's the deal. Mm. Who would have thought, and I've said this three times now, that the answer to the thirst problem in Israel would be solved by smiting a rock, but by spiritual authority. They, they got to see it. They got to be a part of it. Where am I at? I'm at zero now. Sweet. All right. Well, I made my point anyway, I think. God is good. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good, brother. Spiritual authority. Powerful. You said it. If you submit to it, there's a lot of good things that comes from it. If you don't, there's just nothing good that comes from it. <laughs> you know, it doesn't take perfection. It's not required to have church. Perfection's not required in order, in order for us to praise. Perfection's not required, Sister Tina, in order for us to worship. Perfection is not even required for us to have revival. Just a, just a desire to be perfect. Matthew 5, verse 48. I'm only going to be a couple minutes, I promise. We have birthday cake waiting. Thank you, brethren. It says, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Teleos means to be complete, perfect. We know that when we look at perfect in the Webster's Dictionary, it means to be without error, without fault, without defect. It's accurate, it's ideal, it's proficient, it's complete. And yet, the writer says, be ye perfect, even as your Father which in heaven is perfect. Just like the word holy is used in Peter, where he says, be holy, for I am holy. There's a difference there. Brother Justin, when, when we look at God, we see perfectness. We see holiness. There's no error. There's no fault. There's no mistake. But when we look at, in the mirror, <laughs> I don't see perfectness. Maybe you do. But I don't see perfect. I see fault. I see mistakes. I see weakness. I see things that need work. But I also, I'll be honest with you, I look sometimes, Sister Twilight, and I see maturity. Because if I'll look back, not as like glorifying in my past, but I look back and I see where God has brought me from. 
and I see the things that I have gone through, and I say, I've learned some lessons of hard knocks, and so I'm doing better. I'm not where I need to be, but I'm closer than I was. Being mature. Be silly for us to compare a kindergartner, Brother Justin, to someone who's graduating from high school. That's just ludicrous, isn't it? And yet we do that. Sometimes people come into church, they've just been in a little while or maybe even a few months, and somehow we expect them to be, and they're not. But neither am I. I like the way the young ruler, the rich young ruler is referred to in Matthew chapter 19. He came to Jesus, and the Bible said Jesus looked at him, and he says, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell all that you have. And What are you going to do? Give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. He said, I see maturity in you, but I see that if you'll do this, you'll be more mature. I see good things in what's going on in your life, but if you'll apply these principles, if you'll allow submission, to authority, you'll grow. You'll get stronger. You'll become even more mature. I'm closing with this verse. I'm just, I was just thinking a thought if I put it out. It was mature, maturity, or immaturity. Is that what I gave you? Or are they saying mature or immature? It's just like a choice. I get to look at this. I know none of you ever get told this. So I'm not going to look where it comes from. You're so immature. I don't want to be that way in God. I, I want to learn to be mature. And so talking about the importance of things, in the book of Ephesians, did I give that to you? Ephesians 4, verse 11 through 15 rapidly go through. You know this is the five-fold ministry. This is where, where Paul is talking to the church in Ephesus. He said, this is, I'm just paraphrasing. You read it for yourself. He's just saying, Sister Jessica, you guys need some help down there, and so I'm going to send some help. And it's in the form of a pastor. And it's in form of an evangelist and a teacher and a prophet and apostle. So I'm going to send these, this ministry into your life because, verse 12 it says, for the perfecting. You're doing okay, but you're a little immature. And I want you to grow for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. What did you say, 1 Corinthians 10? 10, 15? 10, 8. Yeah. It's about edifying. And so my maturity comes when I allow the, the fivefold ministry, the, the pastor to be a pastor. Brother Joshua said something, uh, Brother Josh Herring said something that, that has stuck with me. 
He said, a lot of times people want a preacher, but they don't want a pastor. A preacher comes and throws out, you know, a smorgasbord of things, and and everyone goes, oh, I never heard it like that before. Oh, wow, that was great. I wish he was our pastor. No, he's preached that 13 times the last month. I'm not making fun. I'm just saying there are certain evangelistical messages that are applicable in nearly every church in the country. But a pastor doesn't take the same message and do it over and over again. They got to bring new stuff. They got to bring new revelation. They got to bring new new uh, emphasis upon you know getting mature. And he said, everyone, most everyone loves a preacher. Oh, yeah, because they don't really get in too deep. They don't start reading my mail, Brother Tustin. Right, right. They kind of stay on the boundaries. But when a pastor gets to preaching and teaching, yeah. oh, then he gets right to where things yeah. really need to be dealt with, yeah. not to be hurtful or harm. For the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying the body of Christ. Let's read 13 through 15 just for the fun of it. Till we all come in the unity of the faith for the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. And so I haven't seen anybody, only heard about it because I read it. That's Enoch. He walked with God and he pleased him and he took him. I get it. There's still some work to be done. Some maturity that needs to take place. He said, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, you can all stand, if you would please, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. And 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. That's what he's doing. He says, I love you. I like where you're at, but I want you to come closer. I want you to move a little further. Man, I loved it when my kids went to kindergarten. I did. Loved it. I was just like, Wow. Some of you moms, I know you cried and took 37 pictures. <laughs> Guys are a little different than that. They didn't show anybody they cried. They got in a car, drove away, and then they cried like a baby. But I was really excited when my kid graduated from kindergarten. Think about that, graduating kindergarten. Got graduations for everything. But they went through kindergarten. And then they got to go to first grade. And then they got to go to second grade. My kids were smart. They got it from their mom. Otherwise, they'd have been in second and third grade a couple extra times. But that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to mature. And it's going to be through submitting. It's going to be from recognizing that spiritual authority 
that man of God and his wife and how special they are in our lives and, and how reading is that, 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 that passion that he puts forth in preaching about fall in love with your Bible. Learn how to pray. Not because I say it, but do it and find out how special it is. That's what that's what took place in Exodus 33 when Joshua went to the tabernacle with Moses and Moses went there and boom, he plugged right in. His face changed colors and he walked out. He said, hey, we got lots to do and off he went. And Joshua said, whoo, I don't know. You go right ahead. I'm going to hang around here for a while. Mature or immature? I want to I wanna be mature. I want to be perfect. I do. Not in this sense. I realize the sense that God is. But I can be perfect, like holy, in the sense that we're mature. Where we're at. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you tonight. We appreciate you. I thank you for the word from my brethren, Lord Jesus. Thank you for a people that love you. Take time away on a Wednesday night, God. Got to work early in the morning. I pray your blessings in their life, God. Kids have got to go to school. But somewhere in the midst of all of this, we take time because, God, we need you to change us. Mature us, perfect us, God. It's not about staying the same, God. It's about that challenge. I've got to move up. I've got to get closer. I've got to spend time with you, Jesus. And I know when I do that you change me. You come out of a prayer room after talking to God, I promise you, you don't have to tell somebody you are. They see it in your countenance. They hear it in your words. Your actions, God, speak so loudly. Thank you, Jesus. I love you. I praise you.